Welcome to the new day, my fellow pot thoughts. I am your host, Logan Eldine Misseldine, and I'm coming to you from misty, dark, and aromatic Buffalo. So, right now, I don't have really any announcements whatsoever, so, because uh, I'm recording these so many times, there won't be as much. Um, so, at this point, there's really nothing else for me to say. So, you're going to hear some music, and we're going to get delving deep right into this next installment. All right, folks, welcome back. I'm hoping these transitions are what they preview to be. It seems a couple are different, so hopefully you heard what I want you to hear in that little, that little, that little musical segment. So, anywho, so as you're probably starting to figure out, I'm a very multifaceted person. I'm very literary, love <clears throat> books, but I also love I love video games, um, especially ones with narratives. I'll explain that some more. Um, but I'm also a very outdoorsy person. I've always have been. Ever since pretty much I was born, I have camped. I have fished. I've uh, I've done a whole ton of stuff outdoors, and I'll explain a lot of them in more detail in other Adventures in the Woods segments. But today, I'm going to start off with a uh, one of the newest and biggest ones that I've had. I mean, it's not somewhere near new. This happened when I was still in high school, but still, I'm uh, I'm just going to break this down as a first thing. So, here we go, everybody. Alrighty, so a little bit more about this story. Um, I'm going to start off with I was always part of the uh, Boy Scouts of America. And if you don't know what that is, that is a organization uh, um, more, uh, predominantly for young men, but soon to be also young women. And they're changing their name to the Scouts of America and including uh, female participants. And uh, you may have strong opinions about that. I am very much in agreement with that, uh, even if it does make me a little bit nervous. But I will really break that down later on. But this organization, what it really is for is to give young men or young people now uh, opportunities they may not always have had with their own families and also a sense of structure. A very, it's very structured. It's a very, um, uh, it, it, it's an organization that prides itself on uh, upholding certain values, especially very, they are very religious values, but it's, they're also very generic enough that, almost, that honestly any religion, any religious group can buy into it it's very much character based you're very much you know challenging your character and your uh your your people working skills very teamwork based as well uh and and you know they they do a very wonderful job of creating a structured place for uh everybody uh um, from the leaders down to the smallest um uh sm smallest ages and people that it gives them a very great sense of purpose as well and it gives them a lot of hands-on skills a lot of very necessary skills, especially if in emergency situations, and it's very good to broaden your horizons. It does a very well job of that, um, especially with people that you know when you participate in yourself. You can you can kind of wishy wash yourself through it. You can kind of just coast through it. But if you if you take it seriously, it's it, it does a very well job. Um, I did not always take it as seriously. I got to the step right before your eagle. Um, that wasn't very important to me ever really the ranking system or a lot of the challenges or the the specific requirements for certain things i more enjoyed the adventures and the and, and the time with people as well but also very much just the the natural aspects of so getting into nature and it gave me a lot of sense of independence as well even though i was with a group and it gave me keys and tools and skills that i need to this day to keep myself happy and keep myself uh, above water especially when times get tough it teaches a lot of mental toughness in a lot of situations but uh, a little bit before this adventure, I was, you know, um, I had just graduated from high school. I know I said I was in high school, but it was I was just, I was the summer right after. 
and it was the second summer my wife and I had been dating. Um, and I, before this trip that I'm about to talk about, I was in Utah for a family trip and was visiting family. There was some family drama going on um, and just kind of needing to get back home and touch base. And I wanted my wife to come, but uh, just drama with um, um, family, just it, it, it wasn't the best time for her to do it. Whereas my brother did bring his girlfriend eventually, and I got some animosity towards him and my family for a little, little bit. Just I'm not exactly even sure how it even happened, but I was not very happy to begin with to be separated from my then girlfriend and then have just unfair situations happening. Um, little bratty, I never was angsty until I really got my, my, my girlfriend because I've learned a lot of independence from my own family and stuff, but that's all kind of just dramatic stuff. But um, so I was doing that. And then uh, since I was already out of the Boy Scouts, technically, they were calling, they, they wanted me to come back for this last year to be kind of a pseudo um, leader to help out and get enough leaders to uh, organize a couple trips for that year. Uh, th the first one was a uh, six-day-long backpacking trip out in the Adirondacks, and the second one was the scout camp for that year. And so I agreed. Um, I felt kind of bullied into it, but that's that's besides the point. I still enjoyed myself to a point. But so I was going straight from going to Utah. I was going to go straight into this canoeing trip, and then I was going straight into scout camp week after week. So I was spending over a month away from my girlfriend that I wanted to, that, more time than I wanted to, obviously. So. Um, that's kind of the premise. I was very angry. I was very upset, but I was doing it anyway out of the kindness of my heart and dedication to adventure, essentially. So I, um, I'm going to break down kind of the characters of this. So obviously there is myself and then there's my brother, my brother's best friend, um, the scout leader himself and then his two children. Um, there was a kid that I ended up getting paired off with. It was my buddy because there's a lot of buddy system. And then there was a kid who, yeah, I don't know why he went on this trip, but he had just gotten surgery in his knuckles and had pins placed in his knuckles, and he was going to go on a backcountry canoeing trip. And then there was a kid, and I don't, and he was very much into the scouts, but he was much more in the opposite reasons than I was. But he was all about the achievements. He was all about the merit badges, all about the ranking. Um, his father was that way, and he, um, he, um, he was not the most skilled. Not saying that I was very skilled at it, but he wasn't even as skilled as I was. And essentially, the way I describe it is if if you gave him a uh, a canoe and a paddle, he wouldn't really know which which end to use of the canoe and the, the paddle. And this was very apparent. So um, with the buddy system, we ended up getting paired up. My brother and his best friend, me and uh, his name is, um, I'm just calling him my, my, my bro. So my bro that I got paired up with, um, I'm going to call him the... Mr. Pin for the pin finger, and then um, we're going to call him Nacho Chip, because I can't think of anything better for the, the kid who didn't know what was what. And so and the scout leader and his kids. So the first day, um, I was very moody. I sat in shocking because I was the leader. I, I, I pulled some rank. We listened to some music. I commented here and there. Everyone kind of left me alone because they knew I was really pissed off because they knew they kind of coerced me into it and they felt a little bad for it. We all talked about that later on. But we drove the six-hour trip to, I forgot what region it was, but it was just a gorgeous region. We were going to Lake Hop, basically essentially just travel, traverse through a, a system of lakes and rivers, and we were going to just have a very intense backcountry adventure. Um, and we got there eventually. We unloaded everything, and we, um, we, we didn't want to stop in the very first lake that we came to. What we ended up wanting to do was use the second lake as um <clears throat> as a central 
point to, to shoot off of because it was very connected to a lot of the other lakes that we wanted to hit up through just a system of tributaries. And so we got underway finally, and it was about a little bit before midday or about midday. And um, the scout leader and his children went up front because he had the GPS and wanted to lead. And, and then I and my bro were in the back, and we were uh, helping keep an eye on Mr. Penn and Nacho Chip. And the thing about canoes is that you, um, if you really want them to work, if you're working with two people at least, you're going to put the person who's steering in the back. And you're going to put the person who can do the most power in the front. But if you only really have one person or one good working person, you put them in the back so they can do both because that's the most advantageous position. That's why I put, they put the rudders in the back um, of the boat. And so Mr. Penn was a very uh, avid and very con competent person to be canoeing before he had his surgery, before he had those pins put into his finger. So he really honestly couldn't do anything. He tried, but it, it, it made him uncomfortable. So we put we had to put nacho chip in the back. And um, there's, a, there's a process that I like to call ping-ponging. So it is because if you don't um, put adequate enough pressure on both sides from the paddling, you end up going in one direction predominantly. You don't end up going straight. So nacho chip was hitting every single um, bank, every, and he was just left, right, left, right, left, right. I mean, I, you know, I mean, unless you're really, really good at it, you do do a little bit of drifting, but it seemed like he was going directly left, directly right, directly left. So we were following behind this poor kid, and I could see Mr. Penn, me and him, can't make an eye contact, and he was just dreading his decision. And, and so we finally made it through, and we finally caught up, and we were hitting the first tributary from the main lake to second lake, and we started going through. And the thing about maps is that a lot of times in the, the waterway maps is that they'll show you where rapids are by a certain grade, certain incline, and because uh, most, I mean, all rivers have a bit of incline, but sometimes you know certain inclines lead to certain rapids. So it was late summer so we didn't think that this was going to be a problem but the lake had and the lake and the creek had drained a little bit just through the summer drought ish you know they, they do that and it essentially turned into whitewater canoeing and it was just thin enough that we couldn't just go over the rock so we ended up spending hours and hours getting all these canoes over mr pin had to move off the side i had to help both me my bro and nacho chip getting through i was doing all the heavy lifting and we didn't make it to the second lake before dark we were hitting one and we learned the next morning it was one last curve before we hit the deep water into the lake so we but we ended up making emergency shelters and so um my bro and another kid had a uh emergency tent that they set up in um i didn't get to go in there because i was helping out everybody else make their shelters um, my brother and his best friend had another shelter. My, uh, the leaders and his children were all set up. Nacho Chip did something. I didn't really pay attention much to him. And me, I had to take the rain fly off of my tent and I tied it to a stick and essentially made kind of like a lean to uh, triangle. So my head was covered only from the sky and my feet were covered in the rain fly. So everything else was open. I had my food next to my head. At everything and mind you this is bear country so we're terrified all right 
so none of us were really sleeping well or anything, but everyone ended up getting asleep. And I started hearing a little squeaking and little things here and there and freaking me out. And it was a, it was a starlit night, so I could kind of see a little here and there when I did open my eyes. But I was super freaked out because I was the most exposed out of anybody. My food was the closest to me because I wasn't really thinking much. And so I, I, at times, I felt things sniffling and snuffling around me. And they knocked over my boots, whatever they were on back onto my feet and I heard rustling and scritching all over my food bag and I was just terrified I thought it might have been like baby bears even though this is the wrong time of year for them you know I just thought it was like maybe baby bears or raccoons uh it turns out they were just chipmunks but you know my mind was just enlarging these animals in my mind and the, and the, the sounds they were making and I don't know why I think somebody was messing around with something but I swear I heard an elk bugle in the distance and there are like no elk in New York. Maybe there's a reserve farm or something, or like somebody's trying to establish a population up there. I don't know about, but I heard an elk bugle in the distance. It was like three in the morning, and so I was terrified. I finally got like an hour of sleep right before right before dawn, and we all woke up and we're all bundling up. And I recounted my story of of I thought there were baby bears. I kept hearing snuffling and this, this, this and that. And then I recounted that about the elk bugle. And my brother immediately looks at me. He's like, "Oh, you had a belk." A baby bear elk. Yeah, that's what it was. I heard it too. And, you know, they just razzed on me and razzed on me and razzed on me. And so I had to deal with that the rest of the day. It's very upset. And we, you know, I just learned that around the next curve was everything and we were all upset. But the, the beautiful thing was, is that it was start, It was going to rain. It was going to be a really windy, really rainy day. It wasn't good weather whatsoever. Not like the day we had the day before. And um, we were in a very piney area. Most of it was pine tree. It was gorgeous. So we got around the corner. And we saw that there was a cabin to the right, and we were kind of confused, but we didn't think that we were on private property because it's usually common uh, practice that at least at, at least most of the, the creeks are um, public. And on the map, it said it was public land. There was no indication that it was private whatsoever. We didn't we saw um, signs to the left and right, but not for around the curve. We didn't see any around the curve as posted, so we assumed that to the left was all right. We didn't anticipate it being private land. So... We set up camp for that day, and um, it was so the 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 carpet of floor or the sorry the the forest floor was carpeted in like what I I can only describe as loam and just these old pine needles, all this moss, and it was so soft. I never felt anything like it. It was this entire way that like even sticks weren't even sharp to step on for the most part i went barefoot the entire day it was gorgeous this gray murky day mixing with the dark greens of the thick forest and 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 we didn't realize until the next morning that it was a huge windstorm like we heard wind but it was just raining and downpouring and and it was just terrible weather but we only felt a handful of drops it was how thick this 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 corner of this lake was of the of the foliage and we and we, we we relaxed and we chilled and, and we razzed each other and um my brother caught a salamander and it did a suicide dive into a pot of boiling water and so we had a impromptu uh, viking burial for him um and you know we, we we slept really well that night and now we don't alone it was a very good day and so we went out to traverse the next morning to the third lake and out immediately as soon as we came into view of this cabin a person on a speedboat came out blaring on their horn saying that you're on private property. It's got to get out of here. This is private property. And so we talked for a little bit and we believed them. And we just, we politely went back up.
all that way of the whitewater, small whitewater rapids, essentially what it was. And so, and we saw them, they were on our four wheelers and they were watching us and making sure we were okay. They weren't really, they weren't huge dicks about it, but we finally got to the last thing and we realized that on the, in, there was a bridge on the mouth of the, the, the river leading to the lake. And on the opposite side of what we could see when you're coming into it, were posted signs saying this was private property. And so they came up to it and we explained that to them and they're like, you know what, that understands and we understand. And they had encountered a lot of poachers and a lot of people that were off well, stingy with them and, and, and indignant. And so they were really relieved that we were so kind. And uh, it turns out that there was just a little bit of a kind of a waterfall leading into it, just kind of just a little dip. And it was pretty difficult to do it on your own, but most of us had two people, so it wasn't a big deal. And so nacho chip ended up coming up into it and he ended up moving into the front where you don't have a lot of steering and so he was going and going and going in circles this poor kid he was just stuck in circles he was getting so flustered and so the scout leader ended up jumping in and just wrenching it up by himself and you know we were all kind of razzing on him and and you know he was a quiet kid so he didn't really voice anything much so we we ended up finding a second campsite it wasn't as nice. It was a public campground, so there was already some trash laying around and stuff. And we, we spent the rest of the day just finding deadfall and finding dead trees to push over. And, um, you know, we had a, had a fire uh, firewood brigade, and I, I, I led the charge on that. Cutting firewood, especially from raw trees and, like, raw wood into, into even more uh, uh, consumable logs is something that I've really found a really huge cathartic experience for me. And so... I essentially took over and I ended up chopping up three, four, five trees uh, by the end of the trip. Most of them that first day because my hands were still in good condition. And so um, I don't mean to make this story seem like a sob story about myself. I was, I, I admit I was a very angsty, anxious person there. Um, but the more story of this trip is just more of just kind of the adventure of me getting through it. So by this point, like me cutting this wood, I had already started fellowshipping everybody had become a lot less mean and, and crabby towards everybody. And uh, me and the scout leader were beginning to talk again. Um, and we were all really enjoying having a good time. We, we, we uh, were trading our snacks and we were trading our grits and, and things. And, you know, we, we were really having, having a really good camaraderie time. The only person that really I don't think had a really good time this trip was Nacho Chip because he had the brunt of all the work of uh, Mr. Pin. And so, but we had a really good time in this camp trip and we were... And we were enjoying ourselves, and we were just diving into our Slim Jims. And normally the tradition is that we, we save the Slim Jims for last, because th those were like our highest favorite commodity of all the snacks. And so we were just starting to break into them just a little bit and starting to trade them here and there. And, and that, that, this come, that, that point comes important later on in the story, and I'll explain. But, you know, that night we just had a good enjoyment night. We, you know, we, 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 we destroyed a jet boil on accident, and so we just were cooking over the fire. And the next morning was another breezy uh murky gray day not as bad as the second day but and we uh we ended up going through this gorgeous just marshy swamp uh oh marsh there's a flat, flat marsh maze and we were doing gps to find a trail like a portage trail um and we were hooking lefts and rights and trying to circumnavigate through things we could see these deer beds you know where the deer had lain overnight and you know we came across some other people on kayaks and and we were just really traversing through this maze. It was incredibly difficult to get through. You couldn't tell which was east, west, north, or south other than the GPS. And we all got separated. We ended up having races and and uh, 
to around bends and we all ended up getting to the trail and um and it was a very very long portage trail we ended up leaving the canoes behind and we just traversed through and we found a lot of sign a lot of deer sign a lot of moose tracks too which was incredible we found some moose tracks and we didn't find a shed antler but we believe we saw a moose but um we saw a lot of things there was a lot of uh bear scat especially berries and stuff it was it was really kind of intimidating it was a very eerie day we all found all sorts of little things that come through and we ended up hitting the end of the trail and it was a logging trail by the end of it and so it kind of felt like a little kind of cheated but you know for what we were doing it was it was perfect um we all very much liked um purely untouched uh, adventures in, in, in the woods i mean a trail yeah but not so much a logging trail with with uh with uh tire tracks and all that but we ended up um getting back and just having another really well night and just and, and and just really just coming together really good. We we were all becoming good friends again, and I I had completely gotten over myself at this point, and um, and until I thought of my 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 then girlfriend every once in a while, I still got a little anxious. But um, and then uh, we traversed uh, a specific trail. I believe it was called Mount Marcy. But growing up in Utah, mountains are so ginormous, and uh, they're just huge. The Rocky Mountains are such huge outcroppings of rock, hence the name. And they're just so gorgeous and they're so steep at times. And I've traversed them during a, a other scouting trips when I was a, a, a younger younger man. And that's another uh, Adventures in the Woods to be had. And um, I took, um, me and my brother, we took ourselves and we picked, picked ourselves up and we, we ran this entire trail. And it was, it, it was a mountain, but compared to what we had grown up with it was a complete foothill we made it up to the top of it within under 15 minutes of a slight jog and we got up there and it was gorgeous you could see a horizon like you i haven't seen in a long time and we were all together and there's these rocky outcroppings of you could exactly see everything in the, from the camp and the clouds you could see all the other ridges and mountain scapes there the adirondacks is a really unique place to go it's very canoe worthy it's just this beautiful meld of green pine forest, uh, mountainscape, and uh, just pure aquatic uh, environment. It's very unique, very beautiful. It's one of my absolute favorite places to go. I'm going there with my wife again soon, and um, to show her what I what I have seen before. Maybe not in the same area, but at least something of similar. And uh, while well, we're bringing my dog, so we'll, I'll let you, I'll keep you guys posted on that. But. Um, we were all talking and chatting and really breaking into these Slim Jims. It was kind of the last snack, delicious snack that we really had. And um, all of a sudden we realized my brother isn't in sight and freaked us out a little bit. We turned around and there was, this is another creepy thing, that there was two elderly gentlemen, like not elderly, elderly, but like they were white haired and they were older and they really just seemed off and they were with this really young boy, a minor. And they were talking and I don't remember exactly what they described themselves, but they were not family. They they weren't fam familial related, and so they they said that they were like a troop, like a really small troop, and they were just traversing through things. And my brother was talking with them, and he was being super open. He was telling them exactly where our camp was, how long we were staying here, what we're doing here, who his name is, our name, and and you know, and he basically gave out everything but our social security numbers, and you know, and. We all felt really uncomfortable and we razzed him really pretty good about it. He still feels bad to this day. And the very next morning, and that was the biggest thing that happened that day. So we all went to bed again and, and 
we woke up the next morning and they were right outside our campsite canoeing, just waving at us. And we're like, Hey, we got to get the hell out of here as soon as possible the next day. So, um, it was, it was hilarious that it it just turned out that way. So creepy. I mean, they were nice people, but, um, but the thing with the slim gems, and let me get into this and I'm going to get a warning to every single, every single one of you is that do not bring, if you're going to do it, do not bring more than three slim gems per person and do not let people consume more than three per person the entire week because we had a communal spot that we would uh scat in that we shit on we found a rock that we could squat over and it was perfect and when the wind hit just right the scent that came off that was exactly what the slim gems were on going on in i kid you not there was not a single shit that we took that did not smell like slim jims you could just it just reeked up it was coming out of our pores a scent just slim jim which is going over if something comes out the same color and scent that goes in it cannot absolutely cannot be good for you whatsoever in any good way and we all felt terrible and it burned on the way out we were all talking about we were all in agony we were chafing and just horrible mess slim jim just puree coming out of us and we had plenty of other food too we packed our own and canoes really allow you and have that ability to bring home or bring food to where you're going and it takes off a lot of weight off your back it's a really great way to travel and camp i i recommend anybody doing it that hasn't yet but you cannot bring slim jams it is absolutely despicable what they do to you oh i have not touched a single slim jam since my wife gets really annoyed with me when i when I start talking to her about this, because she loves Slim Jims. Um, She may bring one onto the trip, but it was just this despicable, and it was this huge pile, and we tried to bury it as best we could, and we just ended up leaving it, and we felt so terrible. You know, leave no trace. But by the the end of the week, we were exhausted, and we... um, and we finally made it out of there. We finally portaged, which portage means for anybody who doesn't know, it's the fancy French word for basically picking your shit up and moving. You pick up your your uh, your um, your canoe or your raft or your kayak, and you literally walk it from one body of water to another, or one you know from the body of water to your campsite or something. Anyway, you just it's merely just you're picking it up and go. And so we finally portaged into our cars, and we were all set up, and we finally got it all set up, and um, we were on our way. We were excited, we were chittering, but we were exhausted, and we hit up. Uh, I don't even know where it is. It's in the middle of the Adirondacks. It's called the Buffalo Head Cafe or Diner. And it was one of the best meals I've ever had. If if you have ever been to the point of exhaustion exhaustion in a in a car ride, in a in a workout, or a, a week-long anything, a trip, an excursion, or you're on a diet or anything like that, like that that first full carb rich delicious meal is the best you'll have at that point you will talk about it for weeks and years and so i am a reuben freak i anytime i can get my hands on a reuben that's not arby's and that's not subway oh my god is i i I am there for it and so this reuben it didn't have as much cheese or kraut on it sauerkraut and on it but the rye bread and they put this thick just layer of this thinly cut uh corned beef it was just so thick it was at least an inch and a half thick at the very least and it was just all just all meat and i guess they must have known we were gonna get in the trip because it's exactly what i needed and i just i just consumed it so hard it was the most delicious thing i had the entire trip i'm just we were all so full and we finally got home and i finally felt happy with what was going on 
until the very next day where I went to scout camp and just was just so belligerently just disappointed. And honestly, that was that's the point of the the, the story. Honestly, is that you know, anytime I get in the woods, it is the most ex- experience that I've ever had. I, I liken it until my wedding day. I liken it until the sensation of being my wife with my wife, you know, and, and my family, um, being together and having a good day, you know, with no arguments. It's, it's so hard to argue over anything that isn't straight up, like get the tent fixed already. I'm hungry. Like that's the only kind of argument you can really have in the woods. And I truly recommend anybody getting out there, especially public land, like private campgrounds are beautiful and everything, but what it takes to, I mean, even, sometimes it's even easy to get into pu- pu- public land. And, but like for anybody who's able, anybody who's equipped or, you know, rent, renting canoes isn't as expensive as you think. It's like 35 bucks a day, depending on where you're at, unless you're getting really ripped off. You know, that, that can be doable for a lot of people. I'm very poor myself and I'm very, you know, I've, I mean, I have a decent job, but it's not what I need at the moment for anything that I truly want to do. But that's still manageable for me if I save up and, you know, it, it's so well worth it. There's so many things that we spend our money on that aren't, but an experience, especially in a wild place, is the most amazing thing. As long as you keep your head straight and you learn what you need to learn, keep a manual by if you're not competent at all or confident, you know, it's something I encourage everybody. If you can't do it for health, you can't do it for anything, then any time in nature is so well worth it. It's something I'm so very passionate about. I've been very passionate about it since I've been a child. Wild places are so important to me, and there's a lot of good groups out there that are supporting wild lands and public lands, and I'll really delve deeper into these, especially when I start talking about hunting. And It is coming up, but, you know, for any anybody who... You know, just shut this off at this point. I I, it, I hope you didn't. And anybody who's kind of debating it because I'm a I'm a hunter or anything like that, or that's that's one way I get out in the woods. Please check that emotion. It's I'm going to explain it so much deeper. There's so much more to it. Um, there's so much many things, and I'm I'm not going to so much talk about hunting as it is it, for me for providing food or anything. I'm more going to be talking or like killing animals. I'm be more talking about it, what it does to protect our land and protect our uh natural habitats and not just because we control population but because of other things like the money that we put into it. and i'm going to describe that in a lot better detail in a specific podcast so please do not just turn your head away from this podcast just because of that uh, there is so much more i have to say and there's so much more you can learn from me and everything i'm pleading with you please do not i'm not trying to beg or be a wimp but this is not something i want people that aren't accustomed to hunting or are against hunting please listen to this this is such a good thing to have i i listen to so many things that are against it and i have had great conversations with people about these things and i really want to have that i really want to give my opinion to you so you can learn something because it's not just like anything else it's not everything you can read online so that's kind of the other thing i want to to recommend to people but honestly i am I've I've loved that story. I love telling that story because it's just a perfect story. Because I never had angsty moments, and I never really learned through kind of emotional hardship. I mean, as 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 white privilege and as first world problems as that sounds, I you know it, that taught me so much about how to handle my, handle my own emotions, just like anybody else could through anything else. And you know it, it, that that's my form of therapy. You know, not that there aren't legitimate kinds. That just personally is my kind of therapy that I love to do. And so I recommend anybody who wants to try it do it. So I'm going to shut down this podcast for now and I'm going to introduce another topic in another couple of days or weeks. So please be hanging out for this. So stay safe, my fellow thinkers. Do something noteworthy, even if it's only to yourself.